I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Okay, mom. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Whoa. Davina and Jace. So today's episode, we're going to sort of walk through all of the feels from Davina and Jace. I got a ton. How about you? Yes. I think it's still the feeling for me of futility. What's futility? So the word futile is like... I'm Googling it. I'm... (laughs) Yeah, like you're so helpless. Pointlessness and uselessness. The fact of the matter is it's like as much as we think we've progressed from when we've dealt with the folks that have 20, 25 years, it's still the same now. And I don't understand why. I understand why. Why? No money? No money. Yeah, we need to change that. And I I know there are things that are in, in the process now. But why did it take 25 years to be in the process? Why haven't we focused on our children, on our future? And Davina like screamed this in her episodes without screaming it is she kept saying it's not rare. It's It's not not rare. It's not just because you don't know about it doesn't mean that it's rare. Right. So I think that just pushes so much more for us to try to do this, to bring some level of awareness to what's going on. Yes, we're trying to help families, but also we're trying to get the stories out there to help bring like, look, this is the reality. Yes. This is our reality of what's going on. And we need people to help push for more awareness, for more research, for more funding to support and find a cure. Because I was reading some statistic the other day too, that it was like, We haven't figured out a new drug for kids in X number of years. It's all just mostly been for adult and adult cancers. And that's Mm -hmm. crazy. That's crazy stupid. You're right. (sighs) Well, I want to dive so much deeper into her story, reflect on everything we heard. There was so much she shared. Thank you, Davina, again, for sharing your story. There's so much that you shared I don't know how we're going to cover it all, but I'm going to try. But there were so many points that I wanted to bring up to sort of reflect on and to debrief. And I debrief. So mom, I had to call you after like episode, what was it, two or part two with Davina? Mm -hmm. Because it was so heavy. I was severely impacted. And this isn't a negative thing. This is just like my emotions were so involved. I couldn't shake it. Like I was just like this, this hurt so bad to listen to the story because this baby was a baby, baby, Mm -hmm. baby Jace. And like to know how much he suffered Mm-hmm. broke me and I know it broke you too I heard it on the episodes I heard it in your voice you were so mad about his suffering talk yes. to us about that so I think it's the same thing that like when we talked to Kelly and uh, Rhea about Charlie it's because they're so innocent and how much they suffered we know what we went through. We know because we witnessed it with the baby, but they were even younger. They were. Is it, it was, the age that gets you? The innocence. Yes. It's the age. It's the like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's we're talking about to 
be angels on earth, I guess, because they're so sweet. They're so loving. They're beautiful faces. You look at their little faces and you go, why would somebody do that to them? Why, mm-hmm. why them? Mm-hmm. Why? It's just the, uh... this is the anger that I speak of a lot. And, and I know that there are people not in this angry space. And I have said before, this podcast may not be for those people, but <laughs> the anger for me is so much driven by the injustice of this experience for our kids. Like, and I, I don't know how else to explain my anger, the injustice of suffering, the injustice of their innocence, the injustice of their age, the injustice of who they would have been as a person. We are ripped from that experience because of childhood cancer, pediatric cancer. Right. I mean, purposefully why I do this podcast as well. One awareness two, to talk about all the shit, all this horrible stuff that happens to our kids, because this happens. Like I can't reemphasize this enough. This is happening. And like Davina's story, just like, I think just tipped me over. There was so much in her story, all the detail that was just incomprehensible, really. Yeah. The anger part is that, I mean, these are babies. These are innocent babies. Just, ugh. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. So baby Jace diagnosed at 13 months old in the middle of COVID. I can't imagine doing that through COVID. I I mean, that word blessed comes up for me. It's kind of religious and, you know, but we had an opportunity to visit. We had an opportunity to be there. We had an opportunity to support Jess. Like we were lucky, I guess, you know, of in the grand scheme of things, because COVID didn't allow a lot of that. Like Davina had to fight for her husband to be there. They had to fight to make an exception for parents to be there during a cancer diagnosis. Like that's crazy to me. That's just crazy to me. Like fuck COVID. Like these parents need support. Get them in a room for fuck's sake. Right. That doesn't even make any sense. No. Well, no, it does make sense. I get it. I mean, they're trying to make sure that the patient doesn't get sick. I mean, he's battling. I get it. In chemotherapy, it does sort of make sense. But for me, it would have been worse if I couldn't have been there with your sister. If I couldn't help with that's, I, I don't know, or even big brother. I mean, he talks about, you know, the fact that he wasn't there. You know what I mean? To us. Oh, okay. The baby's big brother. Yeah. Yeah. That was different circumstance altogether. That wasn't that he was forbidden or that, you know, there's a pandemic happening. It was that he just happened to be in school and didn't get to where he needed to be. He he couldn't be there. But what I'm saying is did get a chance. There were for him to be in there. I don't know how much worse he would have felt if COVID was around and he couldn't at all be there. You know, that would have been the good excuse so that he wouldn't feel bad because it was COVID. I don't know. It's just awful. And that reminds me too of what Davida had mentioned about Johnny. Johnny was supporting the family, the old, the eldest of the, her sons right through zoom the whole time. And we had, you know, I had asked her, you know, how did he feel about what was going on? And she said he felt left out. Yeah. 100%. I, I like that to me is my heart, you know, like I know that that was probably so hard for him. So painful for him to have to do it from afar and not really being like able to be there again, a blessing for us that we could have been there, but like our, our families that are our new families to childhood cancer don't have that opportunity. That must be, that must be torture on top of everything else they're going through. And that just adds, like I said, to the, 
all the trauma and drama that you're going through on top of everything now else now you got that going on too so so jace was diagnosed with myeloids plastic syndrome i'm hoping i'm saying that correctly so she says mds myeloids plastic syndrome which davina forgive me i thought this was a separate diagnosis from a cancer diagnosis and why i think i was confused in the story because anytime we've come in and had folks introduce themselves, the diagnosis was just the cancer. So this for me was like, wait, what? Wait, what's MDS again? Like I, I, that was my fault completely. Davina, again, forgive me. But I wasn't aware that there was like a pre-diagnosis for AML. So she said that they, those are the pre-leukemia cells and that in itself is a diagnosis. But then she went in to say that she had Jace at, what was it? Two months old? He had a kidney reflux. So there were all these precursors to his AML, which I had no idea was even possible. Right. So to me, there's all kinds of things that happen even to the baby when she was, you know, baby, baby, that after right. she got, this made sense. Yes. They didn't look for cancer. They don't look right. for cancer. Right. Because in their mind, and in our mind, we already know different. There's too many kids that have cancer for it to be rare. But in their mind, or maybe they're being taught, it's rare. So don't look for that. At the same I time, I, I don't know what they're taught. I, I Clearly, it's not like, hey, let's think of the worst case scenario first. They think of right. let's treat the you know, most common, most frequent cases of what's going on. It really does make sense, though, to do that. I mean, it's cost savings. It's, it, it, I mean, <laughs> saving, yes, it is, but in the long run, it's not because if no. you can get there early enough, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely something to explore because I do feel like listening to these stories, there's an opportunity for change. Yes. There's an opportunity for us to go, Hey, if you're seeing these things, go get this. Who cares? Go check it. Go check mm-hmm. it. Make sure it's not this. Make sure it's not this versus oh it's probably this which you commonly hear when you go into the doctor's office you know you're most likely it's probably this it's gonna be you know we see this regularly and then it turns out to be something way worse pediatricians that's what they're looking at right pediatricians see it day in and day out they see the colic they see Mm -hmm. the urinary tract infections which sometimes that's right that's been a common thing with a couple of these kids is a uti diagnosis Mm -hmm. yeah which yeah which I would imagine makes sense if you're if you have a sensitive child and you know they have a diaper that they wore maybe you know a little bit too long which happens if you you know (laughs) it was it was really funny though that I mean it's not funny but I mean like it's Davina was like don't tell me that I don't know how to clean my kids right (laughs) right that she was like offended she was like no he should be offended yeah yeah but like the doctors to me they start to question you because you don't you maybe don't have the medical knowledge that they do so it's like well clearly there's a uti because you did something like i i totally (laughs) felt for davina when she was like no i was offended don't tell me i don't know how to clean my kids right yeah assholes So then let's see, he was put on an antibiotic after UTI. That's what happens, but also because of the kidney reflux, because it was underdeveloped. 
And I had no idea there was a kidney reflux. I had no I idea either. That was like, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that we're not aware of because we're not in the medical field. So right. I mean, yeah. but it, I didn't realize that all of these things aligned to that, you know, yeah. that all of these things could mean this. Right. That was very informative for me. Okay. So then it became, they needed to do a transplant. Mm -hmm. So this was something that I sit with a lot about the transplants, about the platelets, about things that were, it's like family directed. Yeah. I often wonder because I had shared that, you know, when Jake gave his platelets to the baby, mm -hmm. that I thought that was so emotional, so impactful, like for me, but I wonder if, and I need to ask him, I wonder if there's any level of like guilt. Well, that that's what they say. didn't save. They, yes. That's yeah. the whole thing. He did the most awesome thing, which it doesn't take that away, but you're thinking this, I'm the answer. I'm the yeah. one. Yeah. My, my hot Cheetos is going to say everything. I love that. I love oh, that. <laughs> so funny. As adults and parents, we sit there going, you're the one because you're mm -hmm. thinking, what you know you, he needs to understand how important this is and it was so important mm -hmm. and, and that's not to put any negativity in the world no 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 I hope Davina please don't take this the wrong way but I feel some level of like extra empathy and sympathy for those people I know that I'm making a big deal out of it and going hey this is super great you did this awesome 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 but I wonder if that leaves any emotional right. impact on them on the opposite side that they're not yep. sharing with me, you know, that he's not sharing with me that I know. And he minimized it. I know. I, I just, I just did what, you know, whatever, but I wonder if that's too, because, and I might be putting that words in his mouth, but because it's like, well, you put so much like dependency on that, that yeah. I failed or I don't know, but I wanted to say that out loud because I, I almost felt like maybe my intended positive impact is not so positive and I wanted to be cognizant of that I want to check in like I yeah. want to check in with Jake after that because it, it, it made me reflect on Jaden like right. hearing that Jaden was the match and he had to go through so much and with and that takes me to this part of the story where you know he had to sign off his rights and with the yeah. mom and had to go through these details with the child life specialist and then Mom had to be like, you know, hey, I don't know why they told you all these crazy details. That was sort of, you know, unnecessary, but, you know, and kind of pulled him back in. Yeah, legally they had to. Yeah, but I wonder if on the other side for like the Jakes of the world, the Jadens of the world, if they live with that too of, well, my stuff, we're supposed to help them and we know the outcome. And maybe hear from someone saying, you know, nobody yeah. blames you or something because nobody blames anybody. No, for no, no, no. That I blame God. <laughs> so that else, right? I don't know who else we can blame. And yeah, but I, I guess I have to get to the point of not placing blame on anybody. I guess that's that's what I'm striving for. You have all this hope. You're a match. You're perfect. The baby got Jake's platelets. Like that meant so much for me in the moment. I don't have any negativity on the other side of that, but I haven't asked Jake if that had any negativity on the other side. And so that's sort of the point I'm making. And yeah, that might be something that they may have to talk with a specialist really to, yeah. to, to see if, you know, make sure that he doesn't have that because that yeah. 
that's such a selfless thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So selfless. And because he went through pain, there's no way that he didn't go through any pain. I, I love the hot Cheetos. I was, I had sent a message to Davina shortly after recording and I had to go get some hot Cheetos. I mean, I have some hot Cheeto fries. I know, those me, but I know I'm loading up <laughs> before I go on a diet in the new year, but hot Cheetos is the way to go. So she shared with us her thoughts about religion, which mm-hmm. I completely connected with. Like we grew up Catholic But in my more adult life, we never were pushed to go to church or nothing or pray. But I did feel like with the journey itself, that praying was like a desperate attempt to save her life. Yeah, we pled, we got on our knees, Uh prayed, we pled, we just, I don't care what I had to do. Yes. Yeah. And I did feel that connection with Davida because she said, you know, they weren't very churchy, but during this time, even, I think it was one of the kids that said, Hey mom, we need to pray. You know, I appreciate her sharing that because that was, and has still been the struggle is like, are we being punished? (laughs) I hate saying that, but it's like that thought crosses our head. That thought goes through us and like, there has to be some explanation for these things. That's what we're that, looking for. Exactly. And I don't have it. I don't know if I'll ever have it. But I did feel like when we get to this point of desperation almost, that we're like, we're pleading, like you said, we're praying to our, our hardest. We have to do something else to figure out what we need to do to help save our kids. And right. every time she was like, you know, we're not really churchy, but we started praying. We started asking for prayers. We started doing this. Like I completely connected to that and still feel like that question of, is God punishing us? Why is this happening this way? Why is this happening to me? We're good people. All of those thoughts I completely connected with, with her. Yes. Yeah, so for me, I feel like we did everything we could pleading, pleading, you know, praying, all of these things that growing up, I remember that they said, you know, talk with God. This is what you're doing is talking with God. And it's so hard to put all your hopes in the fact Mm -hmm. that all you got to do, because that's what people believe. Mm -hmm. Ask him and he'll give it to you. Ask Mm -hmm. him. Well, I didn't just ask. I pled. I Mm -hmm. cried. I promised to do anything. Shoot. I think I shared before that I had at one point, as a young girl, decided that I was going to join Become the a nun. Yeah. <laughs> like, do this for me and I'll join the convent. Because I went to school in a Catholic school. And that's right. what the priests and the nuns were pushing. Become a priest. Because it, even back in the day, there wasn't a whole lot of people that would give up their life like that. To right. become just, you know, a servant to God and a servant to the community to try to help communities to find you know their faith Mm -hmm. so to me it was a is that a punishment because I didn't follow through Mm. I talked to other classmates and that was a big discussion that we had and it wasn't so much a discussion as one of my classmates during that time period that we were reconnecting so basically saying like Hey, you guys, we haven't seen each other in 40 years because it's been that long. Remember when, remember how they pushed us to try to become nuns and priests. And then I go, oh my gosh, that wasn't my decision. That wasn't something that I came up with in my head that this is what I wanted to do. That's what they were 
trying mm-hmm. to get out to us, I guess. That's a way mm-hmm. to put it. But basically, because they were trying to get, you know, more people to be in the cult. To, to join the cult. Got it. Yeah. It's not a cult. <laughs> But yeah, so to be honest, I think that kind of helped me to put it in perspective because I did feel at one point because I didn't follow through. Is this a punishment? Because I didn't follow through in that. Yeah. And it's not like I felt guilty for not following through ever. I have my children and my grandchildren and I am like, no way. This is what I was meant to do. This Mm -hmm. was what I meant to do. I wouldn't have my kids. No. So that wasn't even a thought in my head until she was diagnosed with cancer then you start thinking well what did I do so wrong Mm -hmm. I didn't kill anybody I didn't you know what I'm trying to say like there's nothing that I did are we being punished for something that somebody else did in our family you know what I mean like Mm. how does that make sense so that we would get punished for something that somebody else did that doesn't to me either so we don't have the answers we definitely are looking for them but it's hard to try to make sense of this stuff yeah what I will say is that what happened to our children is random and it's hard to accept that that's the way it is. That's they, fair. So there's no rhyme or reason. I was going to say until the science comes in but, and right. we can't figure out the science until we get funding to do so. Yes. So yeah, we don't know if it's genetic, we don't know if it's you know, what they were exposed to, you know, when Mm -hmm. they were born, if somebody Mm -hmm. spills something, we don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. something that they ate, something that they breathed in some, you know, but why then? Yeah. And that, how does that make sense? Even when example of the twins? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's, you know, and they said, but maybe there was a time that one of them did something, the other one didn't. But that doesn't make sense. None of that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So this is the part of the story that takes a very gruesome turn where mm-hmm. baby Jace had a, an allergic reaction to the transplant. Yes. His food wasn't breaking down. It was coming out in his diaper hole. He had lost a bunch of weight. But then this was the time where Davina was like, talk about taking the bull by the horns. She was like, I'm documenting all this shit because you guys don't know what you're doing. Like you're trying yeah. to overhydrate him. We don't need to, right? Like, so she, talk about an inspiration. Like she really owned this. She owned it and she did everything she could in her power to try to care for her baby. Yes. yes. Amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. And I think most parents, that's what they do is they, they step up. Yeah. But she realized it. She mm-hmm. realized it. She was able to vocalize it because I think, mm-hmm. I know for me, I feel like I didn't do enough. Mm. I still feel like that. So I have that guilt. I do too, a little bit. I just, but it's more of like the, I wish I would have played with her when she asked me to play with her that one day and I was too tired to. Oh, I know. You know, like it's those those things more than like, I don't know if there was anything else I could do just because I was like third in line. It was Jess doing what she needed to do. And then it was like you, hey, Miha, what do you need? And Jess would sometimes say sometimes there wouldn't be anything. So by the time it got to me, I feel like it was, everything had already been done. And it was just like, I was doing the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because even the support team needed support. Right. Sometimes for sure. Yeah. So I know that I'm trying to focus now. And again, it's been six years for us. I'm trying to focus now on all the good times that we had because I did get 
I did retire so that I could spend all this time at home to try to help. And it helps me now. I mean, I've talked about how selfish I am with some of the toys that I still can't get rid of because those Mm -hmm. are such good, good memories for me. Mm -hmm. But I think in the beginning, I still go through times like this. I still think about the suffering. Mm -hmm. And when I replace it with, oh my gosh, I remember her laughter. It's starting to make me feel like, okay, at least I was able to do that. And I have that memory. So So you're replacing the suffering negative memories with the more positive ones. I'm trying to. So people don't realize sometimes is how harsh chemo can be on your body. Yes. Chemo and radiation. So I think people know because people as adults, I think everybody's had a friend or a family member. Uh, It's going to be beyond like not feeling well. It's going to be beyond your hair falling out. Right. It's the thrush and or the mucositis. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think people understand much about that. And I, and I want to talk a little bit about that because the baby had thrush. Baby Jace had mucositis, but that mucositis tore his mouth apart, literally tore his mouth apart. And it wasn't just his mouth. It was down his GI tract. And Davina had shared that there were pieces of tissue coming out in his diaper. Yes. Horrible. Horrible Mm -hmm. to think that. Horrible. like incomprehensible is not even the right word for that. Yeah. The side effects of chemo is so bad and this reinforces our argument again of we need better drugs we need better research to help the children to focus on medications to support the children like i don't know how else we can do this but to try to restate what we've already said a million times this is ridiculous that this baby had to endure like the worst of the worst and that yes. side effects. So I envy the folks that don't think, don't concentrate, don't just focus on the suffering that their child went through because I, mm-hmm. I so much credit. That's what burns me, I guess. That's what hurts my heart. That's what kills me. So I, I know I've shared this before. We've had a friend of Steve's that also had a kidney cancer and it broke him. Mm-hmm. And we expected our four-year-old, five-year-old, months-old, less than a year-old to be able to withstand what broke this adult man who yeah. was like bodybuilder. Mm. It broke him. Mm-hmm. What is it doing to our children? Mm-hmm. And then they put them on adult pain meds, the fentanyl. Yes. yes. And he was able to voice how much pain he was in and our children didn't mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. complain Mm-mm. we heard very little because i know that there were times that it was just you know your sister and the baby and and i know sometimes she would tell her mom that things were bad but i know for the baby for me every time i would see her wince she would be like no 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 i'm okay i'm okay yeah. and she was afraid of going back to the hospital right so how much pain was she in is what gets me i understand adults are able to at least voice and and say you know what 
gosh, any little thing, they want pain medication for any little thing. They're not going to want to suffer in, through any of that stuff. And we have mm-hmm. kids. Mm, no, yeah. <laughs> no, because another trip to the hospital. No. Yeah. Oh, so after these really horrible side effects of the chemo happened was when Jace had taken a turn. He had to be intubated. They were fucking up his fentanyl and he was going through a draw and Davina was like, hey, people, figure this out. You know, he came in with fentanyl. He needs to, this isn't something you can just cold turkey off of. He's got to get back on and do some weaning and they figured their shit out. But like, I, I understand when we got to this point of the story and she was talking about palliative care and she had mentioned that, you know, they kept coming in and they were, the team was there to talk to her and they would say, you know, are you ready? And she's like, ready for what? You know, we're not there. What are you asking? Stop asking me. We're not doing these things. And I get that. Like I, that's where we were. Yeah. I feel like very different, like completely different, but still somewhat similar. And in that palliative care for us was like, we were confused. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what palliative does. That mean she still has a chance, right? She started on palliative care after they told us she has six months to live and that's hospice. Yeah. I still don't, again, I still don't know if I entirely know the difference. I but still I, afraid to tell us. Yeah, but I palliative like, was. These are angry people. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna tell these people somebody's gonna get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you know, throughout the journey, and even for Davina's journey, she was gung ho. She was like, you know, that ten percent chance to survive. Well, we've got a ten percent chance to survive. Let's right. go. I love that she like pulled her bootstraps up and she's like, "Let's do this." Mm-hmm. A ten percent for me, I would have like with palliative care coming in, I'll be like, "Oh, the signs are here. The signs are here, validating what I was thinking this whole time." Right? Yes. So your mental mindset oh. definitely plays into the decisions you make. Yes. I mean, I was fortunate to say that I didn't have to make those decisions. You know, it wasn't my child, but like somebody sitting on the outside looking in the signs of palliative care is here. I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for these people coming in. Right. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that all these things get put together and they're basically like, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to come in and tell you that this is the next step in this process, right? This is a process. This is what happens at this stage of cancer or you know of your diagnosis but when you're in it for me it was I could see denial I can see like no we're not we're not going to do that we're not there yet when you're like no we have hope we have this we're doing this that's where we were family there's no way that it's time to let go we're not talking about a 70 year old person we're talking about a seven year old you're nuts you're nuts yeah yeah and it, you almost come, you start to question your own sanity at that point. Yep. Like, why are they even coming in? Why are they even here? Go away. Yes. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Go, no. uh, you know. No. Now, if things were to, to be done with the knowledge that we have now, I, things would be chosen differently. But you don't see that until afterward. No, you're in right. In the moment, in the moment, it's like, no, it's, it's very different in the moment. And it doesn't matter if I'm back in that mo- moment, mom, today. Mm-hmm. And I know the outcome. 
still being in that moment, you couldn't say anything different. And I don't know. And even though I say we would make different choices, I think when you're talking about a child, there's, you can't lose hope. There's that just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So, and if you're talking about an elderly person, you know what, this is where we're at palliative care. You know what? Okay. You know, let's not fight this anymore because this is, you know, we're just putting her through so much more pain or him, right? We're putting grandma or grandpa through so much more pain than they have to if the outcome is she's going to live another day. But when you're talking about a child, no, I, uh uh-uh, I I don't care. There, Even if all I have is a, you know, 1% chance, that's still a chance. And Mm -hmm. telling us that though, too, like, you know, there's very small amount that she's going to survive this of of a chance it's like well then there's still a chance you know Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter and you have to you have to think like that as a parent you have to think like that what broke my heart about her story too was hang on we just had an earthquake really yeah we just had an earthquake (gasps) oh my gosh that makes me nervous i know (laughs) (laughs) but we're all right we survived it (laughs) It was okay. nothing. It was nothing. Let's see. Redlands, 3.5. There you go. Shit. <laughs> well, glad you're safe. <laughs> well, I'm okay. I didn't even get up. Was anything you. shaking around you? No, I just heard the rumble. Just oh, the rumble. Okay. Like started shaking my feet. I can feel the shake, but it's the same like when they open the garage. I feel mm, the yeah. little. Yeah, so it wasn't that bad. I forget where we left off, but. I think it was palliative care. Palliative care is very hard to accept when it's a child. Agreed. Agreed. I think in general, but harder when it's like your child is in the fight for their life and palliative care for me can symbolize it's time to give up or it's time to let go. And that's not something you can easily do for your child, you know? Right. But I mean, she, she shared and expressed a lot of the... Well, what happens after, you know, well, you got to put services together. Holy shit. I got to put services together for my child. And then on top of that, to communicate to these places, Hey, I have a child I need services for. And they go, Oh, we don't service children. Right. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know that was possible either. I wonder if like the information that chalk gave them that chalk even knows Cause she had said that there's like these things you do afterwards, which is horrible in itself. But if there's like a list, like of only those that service children, so you don't have to go through that and have to find that out Uh How horrible on top of everything else, how horrible that was. And there is help like to try to pay for services. They don't pay for everything, but there is a little bit of help that you can get. Mm -hmm. My sister, I remember um, my youngest sister, was involved in an organization that tried to help families that were going through cancer. And she had told me about it. And I had approached your sister before the baby passed. And she was like, yeah, no, get yeah. away with, get away yeah. from me. Yeah. There's not, even though she was, you know, no doubt we were in the final stages. It was not something that she wanted to even think about it. And it took yeah. her a while the baby passed for them to even start thinking about what they were going to do. And yeah. it's, it's not something that as a parent, we should have to do, but you have to do it. And to be honest with you, I don't know that I, she would have been okay or I would have been okay if somebody else would have taken care of it. Right, right. It is something I think is part of the healing process is to 
you know, get it done and get it done the way you want. Because I, when I think about it, it's crazy to think that Jace was in the same place that we had the baby in too. We were the services. Yeah, we found that out. So the actual facility and like their church or their chapel, I guess it was in the same spot. Mm-hmm. It was in the same spot. So mm-hmm. kind of amazing to to think that has happened, I guess. It- we get balloons that they're not good for the environment, people. <laughs> <laughs> Are people telling you? <laughs> well, they told Davina. Remember the, her story of that oh, yeah. oncology mom yeah. who who made up some bullshit story? Like, I do feel like a mean girl right now, but that's bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, I get they're not good for the environment, but like, give us a pass. Give us a pass. You know what's funny too is I saw recently... It was very sad, very, very sad. And I, I don't know if you saw this too, but there was another um, childhood cancer community death that happened recently. And people were coming at the mom like, I don't get you guys lose your kids and yet you're so bitter. You don't have to be so bitter. <laughs> what do you feel about that? I would like to have somebody in a room. This <laughs> 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 crazy you know what you're lucky you don't understand this bitterness yes. you're lucky that you don't understand this bitterness yes and to that i just say fuck off mm-hmm. but like the audacity the audacity it, i think is what gets under my skin again, like shut stop up stop talking stop talking <laughs> stop. it's just crazy it's just like expecting somebody like you know isn't it time to get over it what the fuck <laughs> whose timeline you know, again, you don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I think that's the point yourself- is like, consider yourself lucky that you're not in this position. Consider Correct. yourself fortunate that you don't have to think these things. Yes. But also like there's going to be trolls out on the internet, no matter what, uh, but it's really unfortunate for this particular story that Davina had shared that this person was also an oncology mom. And they said some stupid shit. Like that to me, I think is a little bit more disturbing than just internet trolls who have nothing else better to do. But this family was has been impacted and they're still saying some crazy shit. Holy cool. If you're like, you're at the, you know, spot in your life when you're able to accept it and you're able to think about, you know, the environment more than your loss. Cool. Right now, she is dealing with her loss. It's fresh and you need to respect that. Yeah. So however she wants to honor it, she mm-hmm. needs to whatever she wants to do should be okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's certain passes that should be given. And this yes. is one of, one of them. One of them. Yep. I, I'm not encouraging it, but I am saying, look, just let leave her be. Like, mm-hmm. just give her some space. Yes. I loved her dream. Do you remember yeah. her dream she had oh. with her dad and baby Jace? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. To me, that was so validating to me. Mm. And for her, it sounded like it was validating too. I love, I love the dreams. I haven't dreamt in a while. Have you? I haven't. We were talking about that the other day. I haven't, but I just want to emphasize the fact that, you know, don't do drugs, don't do anything like that, but there is teas and stuff that you can do that'll help. (laughs) And remembering is the biggest thing, because as far as I'm concerned, as soon as I wake up in the morning, if I don't write it down, I totally forget. So there's certain things you can do before you go to sleep, give that intention in your brain that you want to dream about that. And it doesn't hurt to drink the teas. Those are all natural products that you can do. And it, it does 
you know, help your brain to remember. And especially when you're dealing with grief, it's bad enough. Sometimes I think some people can't even sleep. So for me, the valerian root was actually, (laughs) he is what actually helped me fall asleep as well as remember my dreams. And it's very natural. Everybody's different though. Some people have found that. What is that stuff that you take? You were taking it for a while, but I can't remember. Melatonin. Melatonin. Some people, melatonin is enough. They can take that. It's very natural and that helps them sleep. It helps them relax, but it also helps to remember your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get that though, it's this validation that they're okay. And that's mm-hmm. what I needed to know that they're with us, that they're okay, that I can still see them, that I can mm-hmm. still hear her. You know, for me, it was like, that's what I needed to know that I can go on. Mm-hmm. I truly did not think there was any sense to go on without her. Yeah. I thought, what kind of world do we live in that this is where we are? Yeah. And I want to put some just level of disclosure out there too. We are not medical professionals. So all of these natural holistic things that are out there that might help you remember may actually um, I would still check with your doctor, <laughs> make yeah. sure it's okay for you to take and it's not going to have yep. any negative yeah. implications, medical right. implications for yeah. you. It's just some natural things that we've, we've found that has helped us to have more vivid dreams or something doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but I just wanted to put like a <laughs> blanket out there that, Hey, check with your doctor to make sure you're okay taking these things and it's okay for you to do so. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So I think we're getting to the end of the major things I wanted to cover. One of them being that Davina and her family have historically given back to the kids at the hospitals. And she continues to do that. I know the episodes have come out and it was a little late to do like the cozy blanket drive, but I did put it out there on social media, but it never hurts to donate blankets. It doesn't hurt to donate those gift cards and do it in his memory. Please continue to do so in his memory. But I appreciate the fact that she's still trying to help other families that are going through the same thing right now or something similar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to make sure that we support those families as well and continue to do that. So she has some really great words of wisdom at the end of her episodes, one of them being, you know, try to live in the present day. Yes. And I think that's true for the journey. Uh, the cancer journey, as well as the grief journey. I remember in the cancer journey, and we've talked about this plenty of times where it's hard to erase the negative of she might not make it out. Right. And the anxiety of treatment, the anxiety of a scan, the anxiety of what's next on that cancer treatment plan. Right. But enjoy today. Enjoy that people are here today. The ones you love are here today. Live in the present day and and try to enjoy that as much as you can. I know it's easier said than done, but while you're in the middle of it, you'll start to realize how valuable time really is and the time with your loved ones is, especially when, you know, the outcome may not be what you want it to be when we have cancer that's Mm -hmm. on your cards. Tomorrow is never promised. Love and hug your kids. She had some just overall, like I felt she had just some amazing wisdom to share. Her story was beautifully told. I, I rarely asked a question if you couldn't tell. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, she did. A she job. had so much to say. Yes. Her journey is so fresh. And I love that she's willing to share her fresh journey because again, I think I've said this before in time, she's going to look back on this and go out, you know, 
wow, I've come so far or wow, I can't believe that I thought this or things have changed or maybe not, you know, but just to know that she can look back on this time and have it recorded so that she doesn't have to remember. She can come back and listen anytime to her story and remember Jace. That's sort of why we do this. And we hope that with these stories and us sharing these stories that we can continue to memorialize our loved ones and yes. do it in a, a way that we can remember them and remember their stories. Any other final thoughts about Davina, mom? I just want to say how like impressed I am with how uh, I know people hear it all the time. And I know your sister used to say, I didn't have a choice, but how the strength, the strength of all these women that, you know, have been able to. And men. Yes. And men. I'm all pro girls. <laughs> <laughs> I really <Sexist>. think that. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think because it's, I understand we, we totally have half the the dna from one half from the other but as moms we carry them Mm -hmm. we their heartbeats the heartbeat of the baby was her mom and that's a part of me too and i just feel like moms have this special connection with their children they say it's just an umbilical cord but it's not Mm. it's more than that because we felt our babies from the moment they started moving (laughs) and we as mothers of children with cancer you 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 were there with their first breath and you're there with their last and that's not supposed to happen Mm -hmm. so the strength that it takes to survive that to be there for your other children or just to survive it for yourself is amazing to me Mm -hmm. and I know they didn't have a choice they need to be recognized for that too absolutely absolutely and I can almost guarantee you that they like want no recognition this is just what they they do right this is true yeah your sister's the same way she doesn't see it as something like out of the ordinary what else what else yeah didn't have a choice right but I love that mom I love that you recognize how truly incredibly difficult this journey is and that these families that we have met, these amazing, beautiful families that we have met have all given us this level of strength. They've given us this embodiment of power. Like it's just, it's incredible to witness. It's incredible to see. It's incredible to learn from them. Yeah. And I hope that after Uh, After this year, we continue to meet more folks. And I think that's something we can catch up on the next one, mom, is the holidays wrapping up the year. I know Davina had mentioned, you know, she wasn't sure how she was going to get through the holidays. So we want to debrief on how our holidays went. And I think for 2021, as we end the year, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody, mom, to you, especially for your support in this podcast. I know it's been quite a journey. We started early last, well, we're still in 2021, but early this year Uh and we're up to 40 something episodes and (laughs) we have so much to say. And there are still so many families out there that are willing to share their stories. So I just want to say thank you to all of our supporters and to everyone out there listening. We're thinking of you. If you haven't connected with this yet, that's okay. 
We hope that what we're doing is still connecting with you and you're able to connect with our story and the stories of our fellow griefists in the griefist community. Mom, thank you so much again for all you do for this podcast and for me. And I would have it no other way. So (laughs) how many times do we talk about this? I would die for my children. Yeah, not just die. I would kill for my kids. So why wouldn't I be in this? So yeah, that's scary. But I love you no matter what. (laughs) More. (laughs) Thanks, mom. I'll catch you on the next one. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you.